0: Hello, my name is Abigail Nunez, and you're listening to our take on The New Jim Crow, written by Michelle Alexander. The New Jim Crow discusses issues regarding the mass incarceration of African American men. It goes into how systematic racism along with past events, such as slavery and judicial laws, have led to the unfair incarceration of minorities.
1: Hello, I'm Zocinda, and I'll be starting off by speaking about the background and history of the War on Drugs. The War on Drugs began when President Richard Nixon declared it in 1971. The purpose was to limit the use and spread of drugs and was carried out by the US federal government and drug control agencies. In the following clip, President Nixon declares the war on drugs and states drug abuse as, quote, public enemy number one.
2: I began the meeting by making this statement, which I think needs to be made to the nation. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new Fallout Offensive
1: The project started off with a budget of $75 million and increased as the war went on, resulting in local police departments with many new resources such as military equipment. No knock warrants and SWAT teams were brought out to sentence and imprison as many people associated with illegal drugs the rates of incarceration and racial discrimination started to increase rapidly, and specifically in African-American and minority neighborhoods.
0: Well, the answer is that from the outset, the drug war had relatively little to do with genuine concern about drug addiction or drug abuse and nearly everything to do with politics, racial
2: politics.
3: Hi, my name is Riley. Adding on to what Zeal said, the drug war affected African-American and Hispanic communities. After the drug war began, due to the drugs being primarily in African-American and Hispanic communities, these groups of people became targets for police. The police started to patrol around these neighborhoods in the hope of finding someone who they deemed suspicious. They would arrest the, the suspicious person. This is where our problem begins. One in three young African-American men will serve time in prison. Some cities, more than half of all young adult black men are currently under correctional control, prison, jail, on probation, or parole. Alexander Page 10. They wouldn't deem one out of 20 people suspicious. They would deem closer to one out of three people suspicious. This amount of people being incarcerated causes fear in people who look like them. Along with more people using drugs, it was harder for people to get jobs or access to good education. The drug war tore up African American communities and Hispanic communities causing issues that will be almost irreparable.
2: Hello, I'm Chumaka, and now that you know about the problem, what steps do we take? To begin, on page 295 of her book, Michelle Alexander says, the system is better designed to create crime and a perpetual class of people labeled criminals, rather than to eliminate crime or reduce the number of people under the system's control. This is brought up because she emphasizes that the first step to anything remotely close to equality is to recognize that there is a problem in the first place. When people say they don't see color or try to counteract her argument by saying things like, Well, the crime rates are lower than ever before. Maybe black people and other minorities should just stop committing crimes. It shows ignorance and how that doesn't help the road to equality at all. In Alexander's words, if there's a 25% crime reduction, then 75% still persists despite mass incarceration basically crime reduction is a failure while mass incarceration is statistically a massive success and people pretending that minorities aren't targeted is just holding back chances of equality this does not mean be racist though it just means be aware along with this many people seem to not like individuality when it comes to race wars at least that's what michelle alexander perpetuates she emphasizes that in chapter six the fire this time in her book many people especially minorities think just because we've had our first black president that there is nothing that holds african americans back anymore which is not entirely true just because one black person makes it doesn't necessarily mean everybody else is out of the woods which is obviously evident in mass incarceration Overall, Michelle Alexander and many agree that in order for equality to be achieved, every race has to, quote unquote, give up something. Perhaps white people have to give up some of their privilege and minorities have to work towards human rights advocacy, as opposed to the exclusion of just civil rights eventually. At the end of the day, this revolution will take all of us or none. And just to take y'all back james baldwin was a civil rights advocate predominantly in the 60s and michelle alexander quotes him at the end of her book and he speaks on these types of topics in which this resonated this is james baldwin's i am not your negro most of the white americans i've ever encountered really you know had a negro friend or a negro maid or somebody in high school but they never you know or rarely after school was over or whatever you know came to my kitchen you know we were segregated from the from the schoolhouse door therefore he doesn't know he really does not know what it was like for me to leave my house you know leave the school and go like to Harlem. he doesn't know how negroes live and it comes as a great surprise to the kennedy brothers and to everybody else in the country i'm certain again you know that uh, like again like most white americans i have, you know encountered they have no no, I'm sure they have nothing whatever against that Negros. No, that's really not the question. You know, the question is really a kind of apathy and ignorance, which is a price to be paid for segregation. That's what segregation means. It, you don't know what's happening on the other side of the world because you don't want to know.
0: I was in some way in those years without entirely realizing it, the great black hope of the great white father. I was not a racist, or so I thought.
2: I think this book was a good read it mostly reaffirmed a lot of my thinking about mass incarceration but it deepened my understanding of past events leading up to it that i never knew much about though it does take some discipline to read i really appreciated it what do y'all think
3: i loved this book this book Helped me achieve new levels of understanding about the current issues going on and how far back they date. The author was also able to give clear and concise information to explain the topics, which helped me see multiple views and have information to back them up. I recommend this book to anyone who wants a good understanding about racism in America and how you can help put a stop to it.
0: I really enjoyed reading this book. What I most primarily focused on and enjoyed reading was when the book talked about. How all sides of society, including all races, must put all racial bribes aside and come together to have an honest conversation about race in America. And how the topic of the conversation should be how us can come to include all of us. This seemed like such an inspirational and eye-opening demand that proves that it is up to all of us to stop racial differences and power from making society such an unfair system.
1: I found this book very interesting because it deepened my understanding about the internalized racist systems embedded into our society. The book was very informative, and the author Michelle Alexander did a great job on opening my eyes to different viewpoints I had never been exposed to. Overall, I really liked this book and would definitely recommend it.
0: This was our take on the New Jim Crow. We hope this information helped you get a better insight of the book. And we really do encourage you guys to read it.